you'll, you'll hear some of the reasons why I'm reading this specific scripture this morning. But um, yeah, I, I feel that, man, it's, it's so awesome. I feel that there's like, um, I know there's a shift. I know there's a shift. I know that when I stepped into the church this morning, when I was walking around praying between the chairs that I see half past six, quarter to seven this morning, yeah, this church was cold. Wow. It was like a freeze. When we were walking around here this morning, I heard new season. I heard new day. Very clearly, I heard that this is a new season and this is a new day. All right? So walking around praying and then praying in, in, in the midst of it, and this scripture came up at our financial board meeting on Thursday night, and it, it became such an awesome thing. So I, I'm going to start off by reading this very first of all this morning, and, and we're going to interpret it now into how I feel it, it, it actually breaks down into your own life. All right. So Isaiah 45 Verses out of the word are excitedly received by Kingdom Light Church. Amen. Thus says the Lord, verse 1, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. So the other prophet is prophesying to a specific person, and we're going to talk about him now, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. So, okay, let's talk about him. He's a king the Medes and the Persians and the Babylonians and stuff, there's war, and he becomes a conqueror of Babylon when it's at the peak of its existence. And when he takes over the um, people in Babylon, the, the, the captives, the Hebrew captives, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, those young Jewish boys and those people, take him to the word. And they said, this was prophesied about you before you were even born. They, they, they take him. His name is in the Bible. He's an unbeliever. He doesn't even know God, and God has written him into the Bible. And by showing him the fact that God knew him before he was born, he comes to become, I don't know whether he became a believer or whether he just became pro the Jewish people, the captives, but he becomes instrumental in completing this prophetic word. In other words, he becomes the financier of the Israelites' return to Jerusalem. He funds it. He funds their return. He funds the rebuilding of the temple. He funds and, and sponsors their return. All right? This is this man. But what's written here about him is, it, it, it's in fulfillment when he takes, he actually takes a city that is untakeable because God so designs it. God prepares a way for him to take this city, and this is what this prophetic word is about. Listen to this. He says, um, hmm, I have held, uh, whose hand I have held to subdue nations before him. And I will unarm and ungird the loins of kings to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. So the story is this Babylon is so impregnable. It's got 
that they can out, outlive any siege because they've got gardens on the inside. They've got a water flow that flows right through the city under the walls. And their very strength he uses by God's inside. He blocks the river off way upstream and diverts it into swamplands. And the river level drops. And Cyrus's troops can walk waist deep under the walls of an impregnable city. And then somebody forgot to fasten the gates. <laughs> Coincidence, not at all. God was busy. And he walks in and takes the most impregnable city in that time of history without firing a shot. And he's still wondering about his victory. And these guys come and they say, it's written about you. And here it was written, the prophet prophesied about doors being opened and gates. And I will go before you to level the mountains, haha, to take the crooked places and make them straight, to make the crooked places straight. Hmm. And I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut asunder the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord God of Israel, who calls you by your name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, and of Israel, my chosen, I have called you by your name. I have surnamed you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord. There is no one else. There is no God beside me. I will gird and arm you, though you have not known me that men may know from the east and the rising of the sun and from the west and the setting of the sun, there is no God beside me. I am the Lord and no one else is He. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace, national well-being, and I create physical evil and calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Say to the person next to you, are you ready? <laughs> so although this is about this king, the word that came to us on Thursday, and I believe it's in line with so many things that are happening in the worldwide church right now, God is getting ready to put a worldwide revival together that's going to shake nations, going to shake. When they read this, and the interpretation was, you can take this now and put it on your own life in this season as a word from God that says, I will go before you to level the mountains. So what are you facing this morning? What are you facing? I see the evidence in our life, all over my life. God is taking care. The words, God is Oh, I wish I could remember all the words we sing always when I'm preaching. I can't bring the two together. I've got too many words in my head. But if you take the words of this morning and you put them down and you start to look at them, God is getting ready to bring you out of your, your circumstance, to make your mountains a valley and, and a straight place, and to lift up your valleys and make them level. He's going to break in pieces the doors of bronze, the hindrances. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God, okay? All of these things, all these hindrances, God is going to take care of them. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches in the secret places that you may know 
that it is I, the Lord God of Israel, who calls you by your name. So I want to backtrack quickly for a moment and then bring it up to here. When we walked into the mall this week and the masks were off, to me it was a signing off on another chapter. Remember when we had 14 days to go in Cape Town to day zero without water? And we said, God will take care of this. And what happened? He did. The rain started to fall, the dams filled up, and we had filling of dams that they said would take years, took weeks to fill and overflow, and we're still living off, off of that overflow. All right? Then we came to pandemic. And none of us had ever been prepared for what we were going through. None of us have ever been through a pandemic. Pastors didn't know how to react. Leaders, government, nobody had ever been through a pandemic. We had references back a hundred years back when Spanish flu hit and there were four waves. That, that's what we had. But there was no comparison to what we got. And there's still so much questions about was it man-made? Wasn't I believe it was man-made. I believe that there were many of the characteristics of that that didn't fit any natural phenomenon. But here's the news, whether it was man-made or not, and if it was man-made, then I hope this video and this clip gets to the people that made it. God is bigger than you. God is bigger than a pandemic. God is bigger than a, than a vaccination. God is bigger. You hear what I'm saying? And the fact that we took our masks off this week and walked, there are some people that are battling to receive their freedom back. I have total respect for those who have got uh, medical problems, that have immunity problems. And if you want to wear your mask in this church, nobody will judge you. I, I will see to that, all right? Because some of us wear masks for different reasons. But I want to say to the rest of you who are healthy and fit and well and children of God, take the thing off. Celebrate your victory. Get your freedom back. Do you see how quickly intimidation brought us and implemented a thing that we lived in some kind of slavery to it? We need to push back against that. But the most important thing you need to hear this morning is I want you to start building memorials because God brought us through a drought and God brought us through a pandemic in your own life. God has brought you through a loss of a business. God has brought you through this. God has brought you through that. I want you to hear that this morning and say to yourself, God is able. God is well able to take me through the next one, whatever that might be. So I'm going to say something this morning. I'm going to say it live, and I'm going to let you write it down. This petrol price you will overcome it. This food shortage, you will overcome it. This war in, in Russia and Ukraine, you will overcome it. If you go and look at everything that people have faced in the Bible from the beginning, whatever they faced, no matter how long it took, God brought them out eventually in victory in some way, whether it be supernaturally supplying food from. He just said a number of times in the scripture, God, that's the mark. That's the recognition pin, point, pin, point, pin, that God is God. <laughs> the erkenningspunt, die 
die, die uitstaande van ons God. That's what makes him God. He specializes in the impossible. So mark it, write it down. Every enemy that attacked God's people eventually got put under and God's people were victorious. So I'm speaking to you as children of God today and I'm saying to you, you are going to make it, you are going to be victorious and you are going to come through it. Some of you are scared to clap your hands right now and say, oh, maybe somebody sees me on the camera excited and then phones me tomorrow and says, you believe what your pastor is saying? You don't have to believe it and you don't have to clap your hands. I believe it and I tell you, put it down. <laughs> God is about to break. I've got to be obedient. Oh, Lord, I've got to. Okay. I'm not allowed to leave the stage. They've got invisible marks because they say I run around too much. I don't have any reason to give you this word this morning because I'm looking at you and saying, God, I don't know whether I should give them that word. They, they don't look like they need anything. They don't, I don't know whether they need anything. But God's saying to you today, the words we sang on the song, and to the two boys, all of you as a family, the words we sang on those songs and what I've just read, God says, I'm removing the mountains, taking them out of the way. I'm taking hold of your hand. In fact, I've taken hold of it way back. And I'm going to bring you through. And I'm going to break those bars of iron. And I'm going to break those doors. And I'm going to bring you through. Take hold of it this morning. Take hold of it this morning. I just, I, w I want to go past you. I want to go past you. God said, no, no, no. Give them the word. So I'm going to give you that word this morning. God is going to take your hand and lead you out. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. In John 8, he's speaking to them and he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And then a bit later he says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Have you ever noticed that you read a scripture and you know it so well. But on a day when you really need it, really, really need it, and you need that encouragement, you read that well-known scripture that you know, and when you read it, it like goes, boom, like hits you in the solar plexus, and you're going, what? This word's got power. This word's got oomph. This word's speaking to me. Somebody sent me this word. said, you will build your house on the rock talking about building your house on the Word. He said, and when the storms come and bash against it, your house will not fall because it will stand because it's built on the rock. That, that Word had so much power in my spirit, I felt as if I was standing on a physical rock that moment, and it was like, let the storms come. Bring it on. I am standing in Him and you, I will not, be moved. You will not be moved. God is with you. God is on your side this morning. God is doing something absolutely. And so, this, this scripture, when he said the mountains, Zechariah 4 just jumped up in me. As they read it in the final, Zechariah 4, when he said mountains. And this is a word to you all this morning. He says, 
Who are you, O great mountain, who stands before Zerubbabel? He says, look, you will become a plain. Now, if you don't understand the symbolic language, a mountain in this case is a nation and a kingdom and a king. And there was a king that said to the Israelites, stop, the Jewish nation, stop building or rebuilding your temple. And there was this whole move afoot to stop them building, that rebuilding that Cyrus had sent them to. And the prophet comes to Zechariah, Zechariah, the prophet comes and he says, the mountain will become a plain. And then he says, are you ready? Say this with me. Not by power or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. There's a move of the spirit in our time that will not be stopped. People are focusing on Armageddon and this and that and the next thing. But in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then he says, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, I see a worldwide outpouring that we've never seen. And I see a worldwide salvation that we've never seen. And until we see that revival, we're going nowhere. I promise you, you can believe in all sorts of things, but we're going nowhere. And then that promise of God where he swears by himself in Numbers 14 when he says to Moses, tell, you stand aside, I'm going to take this people out. And Moses stands in the face of an angry God. He says, you can't do this because if you take these people out and build a new nation from me, the nations would say you were not able to live up to your promise of the promised land. He takes on an angry God and God says, I will repent by the words of man this once. But as surely as I live, the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. We haven't seen that kind of glory. We haven't seen that outpouring. And I'm expecting, I'm saying it's imminent, that God's about to move on the face of the earth like we've never seen before. Woo! You're going to hear, uh, I, I want to tell you what you're going to hear. You're going to get a telephone call, and the person on the other side is going to be hysterical. And you're saying, please calm down and please speak. I want to be able to understand you. Who am I speaking to? And it's going to be your sister-in-law, your brother-in-law, your auntie, your uncle. It's going to be somebody from some part of your family that's never served God. That all of a sudden the whole family's been saved. They're all on their knees in the kitchen. And somebody put a telephone call through to you. And they're screaming, Jesus is alive and they're being saved. <laughs> That's the kind of world. Oh, man. Not by power. Or by... Oh, I could have a service right now. I, I, I just feel that... I feel that, that American evangelist type, type anointing coming on me right now, walking around, not by power or by mind, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you know that sometimes that has got power in it? There are a lot of people that are all spit and show, but there's some people when they start to speak like that, you better listen because God's doing something. <laughs> so a young girl in the church, very soft-spoken, very, very introvert, sends me a message. 
I'm going, it's kind of strange. Message from this girl. She said, Pastor, I had a dream. So, I, and I feel I have to tell you. And she said, like we stand in the mornings here when we're praying before we start. She said, Sean was standing on the platform and the people were taking hands and there was this huge circle of people all holding hands all the way back. And they were praying. They were praying in the Spirit and they were praying and there was an increase of the vibe as they prayed. She said, and it was like the sparks, these lightnings passing through the hands of the people in the circle. It was, they were electrified. The circle was electrified, filled with electricity of the people praying. She said, and there was like this vibration going up. She said, and I, I, I was like lifted up and looking down, and I just saw how this, and they were all saying the same. She didn't say whether it was words, more than one, or word. If it was word, that would mean they were saying the same thing. If it was words, it would mean that they were preaching in tongues, but they were also prophesying, but they were saying the same thing. She said, they were, she said my interpretation, she said, for the dream is there's a unity in the spirit, in the church. Like on a Wednesday night, like praying. She said, and there's an anointing of the spirit upon the people. She doesn't know what we're speaking about. She doesn't know about the revival discussions and things that we're having. It was such a confirmation of the unified prayer of the righteous calling out for a breakthrough of revival in the church. And it's like going like this. So this something happened. And, and God is up to something. So, yeah, I, I'm going to leave you with that thought this morning and, and say to you, get ready for it. Hmm. Can, I, can I leave you with two thoughts? Before I read you something, it says, <laughs> So the enemy attacks, but where does he attack? He attacks you in the natural. In your natural body, in your natural finances, in your natural, the enemy attacks you. But there's a scripture, and I think it's 2 Corinthians 4, it says, But we do not look at the seen, but we look at the unseen. And then he explains it. He says, for the seen is temporary or temporal, but the unseen is eternal. So whatever you're seeing right now, you can set your watch. You can set your alarm clock. You can set your calendar. It has a beginning time, and just like the pandemic, it has an ending time. It's there for a season. And I think the previous part of that chapter says, I'll be pushed down, but I will not be crushed. This, this temporal thing is working, an eternal weight of glory. He said, but we do not look at the seen, but at the unseen. For the seen is temporal, but the unseen is eternal. And I wrote there, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth in the seen, as it is in heaven or in earth, in me, in you, in each of us, as it is. Let the will of God start to manifest in your life. Let you move from glory to glory. Let something begin. Stretch yourself. Expect it. Say, God, I know I'm going somewhere in Jesus. Say it. Say it. As Nathaniel said earlier, say it. Sing it, say it aloud so that you can speak it. Mm. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you something. 
<laughs> I love this. You see, I'm the preacher, but my wife preaches to me. Ooh. And when she finds something, I don't, she doesn't care what I'm doing. Sometimes, like, I'm going, God, you see, I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> say, enemy. so much I just hope I'm gonna get it all where did you put it my baby you got it all this is this is when you have too many books huh? 145 155 then there's more to this thing that I that, oh there's stuff let me just read what I opened on listen to this listen to this listen to this this is awesome <laughs> you will always have an enemy Jesus knew it and you shall be hated of all men for my namesake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Say enemy. I'm going to tell you some stuff this morning that's going to excite you. You said 155. Oh, 155. 154, 155. Hmm. Are you ready for this? Do you want this? Your enemy will attack you at the birth of any significant season in your life. Oh, somebody should have said amen. Your enemy will attack you at the birth of any So if you're seeing attack right now, the reason for it is not just the enemy. The reason is not just somebody hates me. The reason is there's a new significant season about to start. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know how to stop it. But he attacked. Sure sign. Ha! Huh? God is busy with a new season in my life. When Jesus began his ministry, Satan launched his greatest temptation. See Matthew 4, Luke 4. The crisis may occur when there is birth of a champion in your household. Like the birth of Moses, his birth activated the killing of all the newborn children in Egypt. Listen, this is what Sean was talking about before he went away. It may be the birth of a miracle about to occur in your personal life, Daniel 9. Attack is merely the proof that the enemy considers your assignment very achievable. Hello? Hello, you thought it was impossible, but the enemy's just given you a letter. He sent you a telegram. He's worried about the fact that your assignment, as impossible it looks, is achievable. Jesus instructed his disciples to sow seeds of love, prayer, and acts of kindness into their enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Matthew 5, 44 and 45. Let's go to just jump down to this one. Any legal entanglement with your enemy should be avoided whenever possible. Agree with thy, adver thy adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge deliver you to the officer and thou be cast into the prison. Verily I say unto you, thou shalt by no means come out then till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. <laughs> I don't think you want to hear that. 
I've spoken to people who have owed millions. Then I say to them, do yourself a favor. Settle out of court and get out of it. Get what you can get now. Move on. Bless. And they go, no. There's much more to come. I'll speak about greed just now. An enemy causes movement in your life. Without a pharaoh, the Israelites would have adapted to Egypt. <laughs> the promised land would have become a mere fantasy instead of a fact. So Pharaoh was the instrument that moved them in the direction. <laughs> How many of you, come on, come on, let's do this, let's do this. How many of you have ever been in a situation that forced you to pray? <laughs> Some of my friends are going to me, Dave, you know too much about that season. But it was in that very season that you were forced to pray that God changed your whole direction of your life and you came out on top and you're still wondering how you got there. Who come here? Huh? Are you with me? <laughs> okay, I'm going to rush, I'm going to rush, I'm going to rush. When God used up the benefits of your present season, oh, I don't think you want to hear this. When God has used up the benefits of your present season, He assigns an enemy to become your exit from that season. You heard, yeah, He said to, he said to Cyrus, He said, I've created the blessing, but I've also created... Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery without them. He wouldn't have get got to Egypt. He wouldn't have been promoted. The lift stopped and said, going up. <laughs> it's time to hear the message this morning. God's sending you a message. It's season change time. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a fresh beginning. You're going up. You're being promoted. <laughs> when Goliath entered the picture, David changed season from shepherd boy to warrior. His victory was an announcement that yesterday was coming to a close. Tomorrow is being birthed. I can say a lot more. <laughs> when your, your enemy unleashes your imagination, when Pharaoh increased the pain and the burden on the Israelites, they began to picture their future, where they, were wanted, where they wanted to be. Canaan, Canaan became a focus. Promised land became their new target. Pain in your present is often necessary to give you birth of a dream, the dream God was developing. Ah, 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 ah. Wow, <laughs> God is awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm speaking to you. God's speaking to you. It's time for your promotion. It's time to get, oh man, I wish I could just stop now and just prophesy to all of you. All right. So it's our financial report time, and um, let's do that. I'm going to pray for you and the people on life, and then we're going to go into the financial report time. We're going to close off with them. We're going to bless them, and I'm going to give you 
some great miracles. You're going to hear some great testimonies. So won't you stand with me? Hallelujah. For a moment, by the Spirit, I want you to ignore, shut the door on, everything that's got your attention in the natural. And in this moment, put everything of that behind you and say, imagine if I could put all those things behind me right now and I could focus on where I need to be. And then I need you to dream. I need you to dream about a future away from your present and your past. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that right now you are unleashing patents and plans and ideas and entrepreneurship and opening doors that we never believed would be possible. And just like Joseph, you are transitioning us because transition puts us in position. And so, Father, right now we've been transitioned from Joburg to Cape Town, from this job to that job, from this house to that house. You're saying, but I've been transitioned from a big house to a small one. I've been transitioned from good pay to bad pay. But I want you to see the transition has positioned you for your miracle and you're in a new season. You would have never been in this place. You would have never left that place unless God had transitioned you. And so I want you to take hold of it right now and turn your back on everything that would distract you. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and say, Lord, I'm ready to receive everything you've ever planned for me, everything you've dreamed upon me, everything you've destined me to be, Lord, I'm ready to receive that. And we thank you, Father. In shame. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. 